Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, yeah. my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this is your weekly examination of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Oh, fabulous. This is our first remote episode, man. Well, you can call it that. I don't know. I feel like I'm there. Well, I mean, you're basically here in spirit. You're with me at all times. I mean, That's right. I, everything I think about when I think metal, I think through the Godless filter. So it's all good, <laughs> you know? I'm your Holy Spirit. I, I, for some reason, I just thought it was uh, very appropriate that you went to Ireland on Easter weekend, you know, to be, to be godless there. Dude, I, I'm under strict instructions from the wife to not mention my atheism. I sit down to a dinner party last night, and the first thing the guy sitting next to me says is, oh, well, I'm an atheist. And I'm uh, like, it was, it was just like, all the, let's go, here we go, <laughs> you know? Oh, and before boy. I know it, like, I've offended half the people at the party, you know? What are you going to do? It's just like America. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's all good. Uh, yep. <laughs> nothing has changed. You got to love nothing. it. No, and uh, I was under strict rules. Oh, jeez. It's okay. It'll be all right. You're going to be, it's going to be, you'll be as isolated as you were here. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, just, just know it now. <laughs> yeah, maybe more so. I mean, I tell you, I sat down for a poker tournament on Friday night and, or a, a poker, a cash game. And, and, and uh, I, it was like, I was dropped into, uh, uh, Brad Pitt scenes in Snatch, but nobody handed me a script. I had no idea what anybody was saying. What are you talking about, Dave? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. you, you just dropped into Scotland, but it's all good. Oh, sorry, something about that. I, I, I don't know the damn difference, man. It's down here in yes. Texas, man. Uh, anyway, metal podcast. We need to talk about metal and stuff, right? Make sure that you are Please. subscribed on iTunes. Uh, just search Metal Sucks Podcast. You'll find us. You can also, of course, find us every Monday on MetalSucks.net. You can find us on Stitcher and all that good stuff. You can find us on the, the Twitter box. I'm at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. So you can communicate with us that way. That's uh, plenty of ways to do it. And uh, also, if you've got a question for us or something like that, uh, leave us a speak pipe and you can we can communicate that way. It's at the bottom of every post that we do. So you can leave us a message message anything you might want us to talk about or if you got a question directly for us or something like that that's always good we've got a great episode packed full we've got uh, one minute to midnight segment once again with uh, the wonderful y'all levy that's when we uh, analyze the one minute of music from aspiring musicians i know and y'all started himself a new podcast so he's got something else going on now too Oh, man, we're inspiring to, everybody. Uh, he is, dude. It's a, it's a good thing. Or wait, are, are we inspiring people? <laughs> yeah, we are. Oh, okay. All right. It's, I didn't know what you meant there, man. Um, sure, we inspire people. Do you uh, think he'll take our call? <laughs> I hope so. I, I really do. We got more to record. Yeah, come on, man. We got to do this again. <sighs> I hope so. Also, we get uh, Steve Zetrosuza and Chuck Billy, who are... Uh, just starting out on the uh, Dark Roots of Thrash Tour 2, uh, and we got a chance to talk to those guys and find out some stuff that I never knew about those dudes, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, yeah, imagine how many interviews those guys do, and and we found out something, you know? Well, and I mean, it's it, it's like 
uh, that seems like a kind of, I don't know, no, I don't want to say a no brainer, but at the same time, we kind of go there all the time. Uh, with people because I think it's really interesting, you know, but we'll, we'll get into that interview and you can find out exactly what we're talking about. Uh, yeah. If, the, if our listener is a Wikipedia editor, they definitely want to listen. To right. That. Yeah. It's a at mental sucks podcast. Okay. Put that down there. <laughs> All right. Good times. But uh, probably the most interesting story of the week, and I could have swore that this was going to be some kind of April fool's joke was, uh, was Skeleton Witch, this whole thing that went down with Chance Garnett and the ske- the boys in Skeleton Witch. What the fuck, man? Yeah, and then, and one of the dudes in Skeleton Witch is a guy with the same last name as Chance Garnett. His fucking it's- brother. Uh, yeah. Nate Garnett, Nate, Nate Feet Under, dude. So, I mean... It, it's such a weird kind of story, and I mean, uh, you know, Metal Injection got the scoop, of course, on on uh, on the statement from Chance, uh, and it's really kind of in depth and open about what was going on with him as far as alcohol, basically, is what he said. But it's a. <laughs> yeah, it's so complicated, and it's it so really needlessly is. complicated. Uh, well, but I mean. Is it or is it not? I mean, is it is it complicated because they're brothers in a band and when stuff like this happens, uh, shit gets really weird? Or is it just booze being booze and doing what booze does? So back in October, they're on tour. and With a monomarth. Right. Chance leaves the tour and they do the rest of the tour instrumental because of, quote unquote, health issues. And I remember that going down and going, something's eh, weird. Yeah, that did seem kind of weird. And then it turns out it was even more weird because two days after the dude gets home, he's he's beating up somebody. We don't know who. Yeah, because there's some kind of police report that, fe- that features uh, Chance Garnett, 42, of Athens, Ohio, uh, being arrested and released <laughs> on bail. And oh, we got to find the the mugshot. That's got to be a good one. And he w- well, I mean, come on, he's a middle dude. It's just, we we all have mugshots out there. Uh, so. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, never, never mind. <laughs> People are starting to Google right away, Chuck. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but the one thing they wouldn't comment about when he was making this comment was that arrest. It just happened. So what we're doing is kind of like going, wait, put this together. One more thing. There's just one more thing I need to ask you about. It just seems really odd that this thing happened like right at the same time. And then he said that when he went home that he was, you know, getting clean after that or, you know, he's trying to fix himself up or whatever. And he didn't know that he got fired until he saw that this new guy got hired. So it seems really, really odd. That's five months. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's how do you not know what that's Christmas happened? You know, yeah. it's like, where, so brothers didn't he didn't get in his brother a Christmas gift. What's up with that, dude? <laughs> with that, that oh, dude, that's the question, man. What did Chance give Nate for Christmas this year, uh, or vice oh. versa, for that matter? What did, what oh, did, what totally. did you know? What did, what did Nate leave in his stocking? Well, Nate gave him a pink slip. Just uh, or gave it was a, well wrapped. Gave him a bottle of whiskey. Here you go, bro. Have <laughs> yeah, fun totally. with that. <laughs> go have fun. I don't know, man. That seems it just seems really, really weird. Well, you thought that maybe Chance and Nate got into it, but I'm thinking because it happened two days after Chance got sent home from tour, the rest of the band's still on tour. Maybe. He probably yeah. didn't assault his brother. Yeah, you wouldn't. But we, I don't know. You wouldn't think so, right? And, and we don't know what he's assaulted, but it was a $500 bail. I imagine if you assault a person, they probably have a higher bail. Well, yeah, the... <sighs> One of those things for like, a, what was it? A, what was the damn charge? I can't remember now. Um, 
uh, charged with assault, assault and battery on a family, family household member. So that kind of thing that 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 basically is it's kind of a light misdemeanor charge, I would say. I, I can't tell you what it is in, in Massachusetts where he was arrested for it or whatever. But, uh, but I mean, that's something you can, can pop out for pretty easily. A lot of time, those things, they have a law that if, if there's any kind of argument or physical violence or evidence of any kind of physical activity like that, they have to take you to jail or they have to take somebody to jail. So it's kind of a diffuse the situation, go put them in the drunk tank, let them sober up kind of deal versus actually arresting him for beating the shit out of somebody you know what i'm saying it's it's not well, that kind of deal yeah the, w- the way i look at it is like if 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 you're the victim of assault and battery and then the the court gives your assaulter a 500 dollars bail the way you look at it is like not only does the person who beat the shit out of you not like you but your community doesn't think very much of you either i mean it should be higher bail well i mean come on well but, but what i'm saying is is that it's not that's usually not what uh, that can be like grabbing somebody and bruising their arm kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I come from a I come from a pattern of domestic violence and things like this. I have seen these things happen before. And usually it's very hard to get anybody who does anything like that to stay in jail for more than 24 hours. It, right. It, you have to basically fucking kill somebody or, or, or you can get out, you know, and, and $500 bail is $500 bail. You know, it's, if mm-hmm. it was 5,000, you go to a bond for 500 bucks you know what i mean so it's that that's who gives a shit what that is it's i i just don't know that i mean we can't quite he wouldn't comment on that so it's just really weird to try to piece all the things together you know i don't know yeah now we know why he was selling all of his uh armband thingamajigs on uh (laughs) etsy i mean you gotta raise 500 bucks fast you know (laughs) bail to pay hey man come on (laughs) i'm not going to europe so i'm gonna do something I don't know. It's well, gonna be that's th- the thing. So they're about to start their European tour, uh, which, by the way, I check in their uh, their Facebook page. They they had a bunch of uh, equipment missing, so hopefully uh, things are going okay in Norway or wherever they are. Oh but, boy! I, I mean, first of all, Skeleton Witch instrumental is not interesting. I I that's I can't imagine. And I'm glad bad, that they did ass. it. You know, I mean, they're 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 badass yeah. either way. But but still, Chance right. was like the. Uh, that, he's the reason why I wanted to go see that band. You know, you know what I mean? I mean, the, Nate is a badass guitar player. I mean, he's amazing. He plays faster live than he does on, on record, which is unbelievable. Chance was a guy that just whipped that crowd into a frenzy. He's just damn good at it, you know? And mm-hmm. his phrases around the t-shirts, I mean, it's all part of the it's all part of the shtick. You know, having a 40-year-old dude who's halfway bald is awesome <laughs> it's, it's just it's just badass to watch so you remove that that from the show it's like oh man that's that's pretty rough I and mean, they're on tour with goat whore i mean that's like to me like when i envisioned that it was like the battle of two of the best front men and in, in death metal exactly you know? exactly i mean how can it dude Paul Goost and, and Garnett, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like a wrestling duo or some shit with like badass armbands. I mean, it's. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> but without chance, I mean, all right. So they got the guy who used to be Cannabis Corpse's singer. And he's not terrible. He's okay, but it's just, it's a very different sounding voice. And I get it. You've only had four months to find somebody and you got to do it really damn quietly because for some reason they don't want anybody to know what's actually going on. Yeah. 
okay, you found what you found, but I think that, you know, two weeks from now, they're going to realize that, you know, Chance is a special dude. I'm not saying that he's non-replaceable. I'm just saying that he's somebody who's really, really, really hard to replace. Because we can't sit here and say that because we did, you know, you've talked about how many many times have you said that anybody in a band is replaceable? Everybody. (laughs) So, I mean, we can't say that, you know, Chance is... Uh, he's going to do irreparable damage if if he's gone. But I kind of think that that's uh, that's a really kind of big part of the piece, uh, the puzzle piece there. I just think that Skeleton Witch need to open up some sort of line of communication with Chance because there is the chance that they're going to want him back. And Chance is in a primo spot where he could basically pull, you know, he can pull Howard Jones and he can front just about anybody. And next thing you know, Skeleton Witch have lost him. And, uh, you know, all right, all the respect in the world to Skeleton Witch and their music, but most metal fans are going to do what they typically do, which is they're going to follow the singer. I mean, there's very few exceptions to that. I mean, there's Cannibal Corpse and I uh, can't think of too many others, right? Uh, I guess Exodus in, in, a, in a weird way. Yeah, that's true. You know, you kind of stuck with them and Rob Dukes. But even there, they off. had to recreate themselves from scratch almost, you know, yeah. multiple times. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, the, I mean, there's examples of, of people coming in and taking over, or uh, you know, how many times, how many Diano <laughs> oh, totally. interviews have you read about how awesome Killers was? You know, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, dude, you know, move on. No, thirty yeah. years later, okay, we're still there. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's something that I, I think it's going to hurt. Uh, but I think the weirdest thing is, is that the, what's different than this and every other one that's out there is that this is your brother that's in the band. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's you know like, who he is. Yeah. You know that, that you wanted him in the band originally. He hasn't changed who he is. All that's happened is he's gotten, uh, you know, uh, caught up in alcohol. So that's changed him, but you got to have some, you know, some faith that he'll go back to being who he needs to be once he's cleaned up. You know? Yeah. Hopefully. And then you want him back. Hopefully. You never know. Hey, man, you know, we, we're, we got to get into our interview with uh, with Chuck Billy and uh, Zetro Souza. Oh, so oh. talk about one of those things where you come back around. Uh, this is a very good example of just that, right? No way. What's going on, dude? Dude! Dude! What is going on? Dude! We did not get mustained by Steve Souza. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're on time. You're on time. No, you, we, no, you're here. That's all that really. <laughs> no. Why? Why was. Uh, no, I don't. I'm pretty good about that. You're I got uh, on time. Really on my ass, so there he is. No <laughs> way! We. Chuck. Yeah, we call it basically. Uh, basically, when we we uh, fail to get an interview, it's being mustained. Yeah, when the when the oh. interviewee does not. Uh, yeah, so that that's that's our Chuck. Uh, that's on our side here. So I don't know how we do this exactly, so that everybody knows who's. I, th- I think people will know the difference between me and Chuck Bailey. Out okay, there. I got a feeling. Hello, there we go. Hey, well, yeah. what's up? <laughs> All right, how's it going? What's up, Charlie? How are you? All right, what's up, Zach? 
you know, hanging out, doing the doing doing all the interviews that you have lined up for me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, you know you missed this. You know you missed these interviews. No, you're right. I am not complaining one bit. I'm having a great time with it. I'm not complaining one bit. No, just wait till we're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. I got he's got me a couple other after you guys. So don't, <laughs> don't think to the end for sure. Well, dude, I thought it was crazy. Oh. I, I thought it was crazy seeing you guys on the what was it like a morning news show TV set. I was like, what? Yeah. The, what in the hell? Who would have thought like twenty years ago you guys would be on the morning news for something other than like you know a, a show riot or something? You know, somebody something shooting crazy. themselves in the face. Yeah. It, it's good to see that uh, they got metalheads that are working the local news. Uh, the guy Dave down there is a big metalhead. Actually, talked to Zed at the Slayer Exodus show. Uh, yeah, back. So he's a big metalhead and supported uh, Dark Roots of Thrash and invited us over. So it was, it was actually very cool. That's pretty awesome. So is it, is it, does that like give you guys like the sort of like optimism as to where metal is now? Or is it like, oh, no, all the danger has gone, you know, but it's a total different thing. I mean, what what's sort of the vibe now 20 years in? I don't uh, think 30 years. I don't in. think myself. Uh, I just did two interviews right before this one and both people. Both interviewers were like, metal is just really strong now and coming back again. And I don't think that us as metal fans and yourselves, you ever lose sight of that. And that's what's great about our guys is we're still going 30 years later, Chuck and I, and we're able to do that because our fans are so strong. And then now they're kicking it down to their kids because i see so many young faces in the crowd now so i think we're very fortunate in that respect as well and and chuck like everybody associates you with testament but real quick with with steve do you find when you look out there there's some concern that like i always associate exodus with your voice but yeah. it's been a while where your voice wasn't the voice of exodus are you do you need to turn those people on and should set them straight no i don't think so because i mean my if, if the initial run was pretty much done with me. You know, Paul was on Bonded by Blood, and then I took it from there on when the band was pretty much being built and putting their name on the board and on the map. So I think any time that you go back to the original guy, and still, if he can still do it, and do it as well as he did, and I think, honestly, if you listen to Blood In, Blood Out, I, I, I would, you know, I'm doing it way better than I was doing it back then. Definitely. Yeah, and you, dude, I gotta admit, like, so I met both of you guys in 1991, maybe. Oh, and so it's like Steve. So like, you went, gave me like the coolest phone interview next to D. Snyder's. No offense, <laughs> D. Snyder was, was on fire. That's right. That's but I remember like the whole time. Here it is. You guys had just finished up the tour of Pantera and uh, opening up. With uh, I think it was suicidal was headlining. It was impact right. is imminent. Yes, yeah, and you're yeah. and you all you wanted to talk about was how much you love Ted Nugent. Yeah, we well we love. I still love Ted Nugent. It's great. He has a a show on where he kills deers and stuff every oh, week. I really no, love no, you I can't that. say that. Okay. I was I was I looking. Do. I was looking for you going. No, no, you know we learned a lot over the years about Ted, and you know now he's. Yeah, we've all moved. That you're still <laughs> gonna like stand behind the Ted. I love Ted Nugent. I love his music. I always will. And you know what? I like what he stands for. I don't care. You know, I'm not really. I'm not a Republican at all. I'm a guy who's forever who can do it right. You know what I mean? And make the country as strong as it is. And you know, I mean, he was a hunter. He grew up as a hunter. You know, and his dad brought. What about the kids that live in Wisconsin that their dads buy him a 
shotgun when they're 10, you know what I mean? It's just part of life. So, Chuck Billy, would you set him straight for me? <laughs> who, would, who would Ted not be if he was a radical, man? You know what I mean? That's what <laughs> Chuck Billy, will you set him straight? <laughs> he said it, man. I, I You know, I... I kind of look at the other side. I mean, I, I believe, uh, you know, Ted has the right to do whatever he is and say whatever he has to say, you know. And uh, How, how have you, know, you, how have you avoided over 30 years saying anything that you've really regretted? I've never come across an interview where it seemed like you put your foot in your mouth, had a backtrack or anything like that. Um, well, I mean, I guess I, guess I learned if you have nothing not good to say, don't say anything at all, but. You know, I'm not one because I've probably done everything that I talked to about everybody else too much because <laughs> of the same thing. You know, I have no room to speak. <laughs> yeah, don't cast any stones, right? But it, no, exactly. it, it just never seems like you're like learning from mistakes. You're always learning from other people's mistakes, maybe. Hey, isn't that, that's, that's the better way. <laughs> Let them make them first and then learn from them. So, so do you f- sort of sense this excitement that's sort of happening or in in metal? I mean, are you guys, because you guys haven't stopped. Yeah, but I mean, I've been seeing just, you know, I think it's resurgence strongly, I'd say around 2004 and five, really strong for metal. And I just seen a turn and like that was saying that the younger fans, I mean, I'm seeing, you know, the 12, 13, 14 year old kids on the rails now. And, you know, and you know, I talked to them to see what they have to say, and they're like, you know, I didn't know who you were, and I heard you guys first time, and wow, cool, it's the first show I've ever seen you. You know, so there's a lot of new faces and new people finding us out there, and I think, actually, with a package like Exodus Testament, that's classic history of the Bay Area thrash movement we have some. So, you know, there's a new generation, hopefully they get to catch that, that's going to get a chance to see it on this run. Well, you guys are doing a lot of the old stuff on this tour, but at the same time, I mean, you're still one of those that's making music that's still valid and still kind of pushing the boundaries. Still making top ten lists. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's also... Yeah, both bands are, uh, both bands are probably at the top of their game as far as writing and performing yeah. and playing and singing. You know, is that singing better than ever? I feel better than ever. And I agree. I agree. You know? I agree wholly with that. We're, 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 I mean, everybody, there's no distractions anymore, whatever it was. Um, um, what was coming up in your rearview mirror, um, extra um, uh, curricular activity that especially Exodus used to be involved in. There's no more of that. It's all about musicianship and playing live and, and being the best we can. So I always say to go see Exodus now, it's the best time you're going to see Exodus, I, I, I think. So like the rock and roll lifestyle, man? Come on, where's all that? <laughs> yeah, come on. Over with. But I, it's funny because on the Slayer uh, suicidal tour, and there was one point where Slayer was on stage and I walked back in the dressing room to get something. And I mean, you could hear a pin drop back there. There was nothing going on. <laughs> and I mean, 25 years ago, it would have been, oh, I mean, the doors would have opened and the, you know, the little, the, the little poppers would come popping out. Hey, what's up? You know, the mule would come be brought into the room, the whole thing. You know what I mean? Oh, it's like people are in there in the coffee room eating quietly watching the news if there's anybody at all it was completely different which is fun which is good better longevity if we keep it that way the party always seems to happen when you get uh the friends in i mean it can't be a like rager every night but when uh your friends come in or it's a weekend and everybody's cut loose you know of course there's going to be that debauchery going on it's not totally innocent <laughs> no no I, okay i'll take that back la san francisco New York, there are certain places where we get there 
where we know everybody in the world like, yeah, come on, let's have a drink, come on. And it's just a little wild. But like I said, there was, for the most part, everybody's pretty much concerned with how they're, uh, you know, they want to play live and how they're coming across. And at this age in time, we have to watch what we do and definitely take care of ourselves for sure. Has the journey that, the part of the journey that you guys are on now, how is that different from the journey, the destination, I guess, or the part of the journey that you thought you'd be in 30 years ago? You know, when you, you picture where we're going to be, has it gone the way you wanted? Musically, for the most part, but you don't know when you start. I mean, you're on your metal path creating something, and then uh, you, you, don't, you don't know. I mean, ours, especially with this type of music, has taken its ups and downs over the years of our careers. You just don't know where it's going. How much did the Black Maybe. Album fuck shit up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know if it fucked shit up. I would say, if anything, it, it made this style of music just, you know, kind of uh, get some legs and have, I guess, take it serious that it is uh, a force to be reckoned with. I mean, you know, everybody almost owns a Metallica record now. I mean, and you know, some people might knock them for it, but hey, man. But I, I would get this the common goal when you start a band is to try to sell as many records as you can. Right, right. I mean, because it was like it was like you had uh, practice what you preach and souls of black, and then it was like uh, where, where you were gonna go next. Now seemed to be uh, sort of under this, uh, and maybe this is the the label system at the time. This anticipation and this expectation that that everybody else in San Francisco was going to be able to move millions of units, you know, and, and now there's a different kind of pressure on there. Was that what you guys were feeling at the time? Well, we were, I think the bands like the, the second wave of the Testament, the Exodus, a bands like that, right around that time, I think we were both on major labels moving a lot of records. I think we were like next in line to really start, you know, hitting gold records and beyond. If, yeah. if, if it was still on the same path as it was, radio stations across the country playing metal on drive-time radio and shit like that. I mean, it all helped. Uh, once the bottom dropped out, you know, you know that we kind of right there just kind of got in survival mode like every other band and, you know, just try to, uh, speaking for Testament, we kind of just started maybe figuring, like, we're a little pissed off, let's write something that's a little more aggressive and angry and did the low and demonic record, you know? Yeah. Uh, for us, we went against what, where everything else was going. Yeah, we kind of sat out for a second. There was a few years that Exodus was not active. I think Gary and I both had young families, and at that point, it seemed like um, really the only thing that if you, if you didn't sound like Pearl Jam or Soundgarden or Alice in Chains, you really weren't getting any attention. I think the only two metal bands that really survived quite well was Pantera and Sabbath, really. And then, you know, like Chuck kept them afloat quite well, and I think the death metal bands like Cannibal Corpse and Morbid Angel, they did quite well as well, but it wasn't really looked at, and then as it got to 99 and 2000, and then, um, you know, Chuck's Benefit Show, I think people realized that they really loved this sound, and they really loved it, and they loved these bands, and I think that was the turning point, point. it took a couple of years for everybody to get their um, trains kind of running, the locomotive moving in the right way, but I, I think if you look at the genre now, you cannot pull one band out and go, yeah, well, their last record was kind of okay. I mean, go 12 deep, everybody from Death Angel to Megadeth, Slayer to, to you know, Exodus to Testament, all great records since the bands have kind of re Absolutely. see Creator as well, Destruction, Sodom, you can just keep going, and, and they're doing really well, and I think that's 
that that that's a you know you know great for the for the um, uh, the fans, great for the scene, great for us who are still fans of the genre that we do, and other fans. I mean, we were just came back from Australia and played with Judas Priest, and we were giddy every night because Priest played after us, and we got to see Priest every night. And that wasn't like eh, I've been doing this for, since I was a kid. I'm going to go back to the dressing room and have a drink. We were excited to see Judas Priest every night, and I think that attributes to us all being big fans of this genre and, and heavy metal in general. It's interesting that you bring up that tribute show that uh, that that Chuck did because we're talking to Mark Osterquetta from uh, Death Angel. He's like that was th- that made it all possible. Before that night, even in rehearsals, we didn't think that Death Angel would ever happen again. It was just a really special night, and and th- yeah. it, it's amazing to hear you, you bring it up again. I mean that. Chuck, I mean, that's a convergence. You couldn't have expected that from a benefit show if it were anything else. You know, if you had had, you wouldn't have made it a benefit no. show. It would have been a for profit show, correct? Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely something in the universe was <laughs> brewed up at, around that because you know I, it was not something never planned. It was something the last minute Walter Morgan organized and said, "Hey, man, I'm doing a benefit. Who would you want to play?" And I started naming all the Bayer bands. Next thing you know, he started going after them, and you know a lot of them just put their differences aside and came to play. And every band that came to play played like better than ever that night. It was like a phenomenal one-time night, and people from around the world came to this thing. And uh, I think after that was said and done, bands like Death Angel, Exodus, Testament, matter even for that matter, with Alex, Louie, and Greg being on stage for the first time with us and that kind of started our reunion so you know it, it it was just a weird line of the universe something needed to shift for our metal scene i guess and it's that's what it was and zetro you, you were uh, playing with your other band that night right not with exodus is that right is that my memory serving i did play, I, we did a, a legacy set actually that uh. yeah so probably a Chuck came out and sang, I think, what was it? Into the Pit of Practice What You Preach. I, uh, I came and sang Disciples, I think. Was it? I wasn't walk. quite yeah. I knew it was one song, but it was yeah. more le- It was Legacy, actually, Build as Legacy. It wasn't even Build as Testament. Yeah. And, you know, Chuck was there, of course, and Billy Milano was, he also did uh, uh, SOD, but the did, uh, yeah. he was the MC of the show, so he introduced <laughs> all the bands. I did do it, it was awesome. And I did do a song with Exodus, and Bailoff was there that night, so it was quite, uh, I mean, really special evening. And again, I, I, I have to say that that was, if I was have to pinpoint it, that was where I would think that the, the, the rebirth started right there. So with all the members and ex-members and everybody else, have you guys, now that you've kind of grown up and matured and all that stuff, is all that stuff kind of, uh, any of that drama, all that stuff past you guys now? Yeah, uh, there's never really drama. You know? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm just thinking of those heat of the moment kind of arguments that you have that maybe uh, I'm done uh, or whatever. It's just now you look back and go, okay, <laughs> we, we, we got let's take a breath and see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's nothing you can change, What you know, the past, but, you know, as you grow up, you learn to kind of uh, deal with it in different ways, so. You know, I think everybody kind of just put it aside, and at the end, you're going, hey, man, if we can go out there and play our music again and go tour again because it was so great in the past, I want to do that again. You know, that drives you to do it, you know? We're all very fortunate to be doing this on the on the level that we're still doing in it and having new fans come after what we're doing and what we created. 
you know, over 30 years ago, and and it's still relevant to everyone, you know, and and, and again, being being you know, Chuck and I being considered innovators of of this, you know, and to be able to do it into our 50s and 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 go in the top of the charts and and work with each other, you know, you know, Chuck manages his partner, manager of Exodus, as well as being the singer of Testament, as well as you know having other things that he's got going on. So, you know, we all work together now. You know, we just and did... That, uh, that's a big songwriter in Testament as well. Yeah. So that's been right. writing songs with me for the last couple of records in Dublin yeah. Death Patrol. You know? Yeah, so it's, 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 it's really good that everybody works together now, and I think you know, they always say strength in numbers, but especially it's the truth in our genre. That's awesome. And, you know, I guess like going out on and seeing Judas Priest playing, it's sort of like, oh, good, we can do this for 40 more years. Those guys are all, you know, nearly 100 or so. So I'll say this. They bring it hard. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when we were, I mean, they bring it every night. And one of the night days we were in Australia it was their summer. It was 113 degrees when we were on stage and they came on after us. And Halford wore every damn leather and did every damn game. <laughs> and they were on point, and he sounded. They did painkiller. They were awesome, and they were on for an hour and a half and kicked complete ass. So, you know, I look at those guys, and you look at Sabbath, and you look at the guys that have been kicking, and that still bring it hard. Maiden still brings it hard. You know, Saxon still brings it hard. Motorhead still brings it hard. And I look at that and go, yeah, I'm still a kid. If I got to look at those guys, <laughs> I got a lot of time left, you know? That's awesome. That's just awesome. And, and and you can hear the excitement in the music that you guys are writing now. Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, I still think that the last album that each of you guys have had is the best album, best work you guys have had in 10 or 15 years. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Awesome. And and the road, I mean, is this something that now you do, you, do you really need to tour because the album sales are industry-wide what they are, or are, are you guys just enjoying it and just getting paid for the travel? Well, touring's a part of every single band these days is to get out there. Um, you know, record budgets and aren't as big as they were back when we started. So, you know, you got to get out and hit the road. You got to go sell t-shirts and promote your band and tour so and it's still for us i'd say at this level i'm still enjoying it and having fun and i've always said the day i'm yeah. not having a day i need to like hang it up and not do this you know and for myself i mean i'm coming back to it you know and i'm having the best time this time than i had the last two times the initial time and even the temple of the damn period i'm having the best time ever mm-hmm. and that's carrying over to my live performance and i think that goes for everyone else especially in Exodus, you know what I mean? That's why it's, uh, I, this time I've always, I'm saying especially to everyone, come see it this time. Come see both of these bands this time. You're gonna, it's the best time to see them, you know. You're really going to kick your ass. Kick ass. And, and Steve, what were you doing when you weren't doing Exodus? Well, I have a hundred other million other bands. I had Hatred, I did Tenet, Chuck and I did Devil and Death Patrol, you know, I'll sing on somebody's record. Chuck and I sang on the Forbidden record, the Omega Wave record. I mean, I keep myself busy, you know, and I'm writing songs for Testament. I try to do, you know, I keep myself busy musically, you know what I mean? But it seems like, you know, now I was given the call back and the opportunity, uh, the very fortunate opportunity to come back to the mothership, you know, and, and I'm having a great time with it. But I guess, like, you know, you're not, like, putting the kids through college doing those 
projects, right? Oh no! Oh no! What was I doing? Oh, union carpenter for four. I was a foreman for in the union for twenty-one years. When wow. Grinch came in and next got kicked out in '93, I got in the union. My brother was in, so yeah, I I kind of. Uh, uh, when I rejoined Exodus, I was that's what I was doing, you know, which is actually, you know, I made a really good living doing that, but I'm much happier doing what I'm doing now, especially. And there's no other, my children are older. Cody and Nick, they live together. They're, you know, 25 and 21. And my daughter lives with my ex-wife. And so I have myself to take care of now, which is, I can, which is great. I can go and tour and there's no distractions. That's why this time for me, is the best mentally, physically, vocally, musically, everything, performance, everything. I didn't realize you walk across that stage, you're the one making sure it's level. I was going to say, the guys aren't asking you to build set pieces <laughs> yet, are they? <laughs> no, no, I was actually, I, I did doors. That actually was my specialty. I, I would install doors in high-rise buildings and stuff, you know, with all the hardware that makes them open and close by themselves and latch and that sort of thing. I fire doors. That kind of thing. So it's kind of a job where I was out of the public eye completely. I just, you know, kind of threw a hard hat on, and then after a while, I became a foreman and I ran work. Chuck, was so, there uh, ever a time where you were like concerned you would have to fill out a resume and just testament on it? Uh, well, no. Well, let's see, I, I actually worked uh, for seven years at, at, at a trucking company. You know, I worked, uh, I, I was always the kind of guy, when I came off the road, I didn't want to sit at home. I, I, I had to stay busy, and fortunately, I have a friend that owns a trucking company that hauls U.S. mail, and I uh, ended up being a um, safety coordinator for the company, and I'd travel around doing safety lectures to all the truck drivers. Is that in, in the 90s you're doing that? Uh, yeah, Reese, I quit wow. that job probably three years ago, four years ago. I did it for 17 years. That's incredible. So I, I, I kept I kept busy in the music and and my and my friend Willie, you on the company. He was actually in our band Rampage, started Childhood Friends, and he was actually the one who was runner up to get the gig for Metallica before uh, Jason yep. got the gig. Yep. Ah. So he understood the business and understand my love for the music. So he let me do both. He's oh, like, awesome. go get out of here, go do what you want, you know, come back, I'll see you when you get back. Yeah, did you guys ever run across people that you were doing work for that were like, wait a minute, yeah. wait a minute. You gotta. Uh, I know. Yeah. Well, I did because I would work up with other trades. So I would be the door guy on the job if there's the taper, the painter, the framer, the carpet guy, the electrician. So I got it a lot where I would be like, you know, hey, you know, you must have heavy metal in a while. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're like, what the hell are you doing here? And I go, let me tell you something. I got a lot more fame than fortune. Let's just say it like that. Perhaps naming your company Fabulous Disaster Construction was not a good idea for a number of different reasons. That wasn't getting hits. I wasn't getting hits on that name. Damn it. So, so when, Chuck, when you like hear these bands who are like, "Oh, well, I don't make enough money to do this full time," you must just want to punch them in the face. It's like, of course not. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just hard. Anything, anything good out there is hard work. You got to go get it. You know, some people want it, it, to. You got to. It's a choices you have to make. Some, you know, at that time, none of my band, none of them guys worked, but me. But that was my choice. You know, that's what I, the way I wanted to live my life. That was the same way with Exodus. When I was in the 2002 to 2004 period, I was the only one that held a job. You know, at that point, so I would. I remember one night I got off a plane. 
at 11.30 from Europe, and I had to be on the job site back in San Francisco at 6 a.m. So it was like I barely had time to drop my gear, load my tools up in my truck, and go back and turn back around and do the job so that I could have medical for those three kids that are now, you know, yeah. adults, you know. So now, again, like I said, I have myself to take care of. So it's, wow, I used to look at the back of the tour pro, uh, itinerary and go, wow, five weeks, oh, my God. Now it's like, what do you mean there's only five weeks? Keep us busy, Charlie, just keep yeah. us busy. Keep booking them. Keep them coming. I don't yeah. want to sit home. I want a tour. Let's do this. Yeah, like for both us being that, you know, when you got young mouths to feed, you got to make sure you got that money coming right. in and roof sure. over people's heads. Now that his kids, my kids are growing up, you know, we're both yeah. like, you know, screw the job. We're going, we're going to go rock now. Let's just go do music. Exactly. You know, so I don't know. I'm doing music full time now. That's full time. That's awesome. Yep. And now we have more time on our hands to either write more music together or whatever, you know. So Better music, too, because I don't have yeah. to worry about splitting time. I can dedicate fully into, you know, immersing myself into riffs and songs that I want to be great and I have the time instead of having to get up and go do that other thing and do this. So it's going to yep. benefit for us as well. My respect for you guys has no just kidding. exploded totally. no, from already huge levels. Right on, man. Right on, man. Thanks. Appreciate that. So, so like, the young, when you do see the young bands that, uh, I mean, see somebody who does have that work ethic or that drive that's doing it, like, and, and they go home and they work and they keep, they're plugging away at it. I mean, is, is that something that makes you want to go out and help those guys, help those young kids or or seek them out? I mean, because uh, that's kind of the Shattered Sun thing, right? That's the Shattered Sun thing, exactly. I mean, these guys are from Corpus Christi, they're hardworking, you know, all of them work down in the oil fields or something, the oil industry down there. It's not a lot of work. They're hardworking, great kids that just believe in their music and are ready to do it. I'm, I'm really excited for those guys. They got a good record coming out, and this will be their first tour with us, so it's going to be cool. But it's like that work ethic, that bust in their ass, it either cuts through or doesn't, because, yeah, like you're, like Godless was saying, is it just... There's so many that are just, oh, it's just not, we can't mm-hmm. make as much money anymore. anymore. Get crowdfunded. Yeah. These guys jam, they cook, they drew spaghetti seeds, they do everything they can to hustle to make money for their band so they can travel and buy vans, do everything they need to do. They're, they're hustlers, these guys. It's been fantastic to talk to you guys. So much respect for everything that you guys done and uh, on, on your personal lives and as founders of the music that we love. It's it's just an absolute honor to speak with you both. Thank you guys so much, and uh, thanks for having us, man. Dark Roots of Thrash Tour 2 starts on April 1st, so uh, be on the lookout. It's going all, all across the country. Hell yeah. Mr. Crowley! What went on in your head? Whoa, Mr. Crowley Did you talk to the dead? Your lifestyle to me seems so tragic With the thrill of it all You fooled all the people with magic Yeah, you waited on Street 
today.
brand new music from Ufa Malmut on uh, the Metal Sucks podcast. I, I think that's how you say their name. Uh, Temple is the name of the song right there. You qualify that as doom, I guess? Mm. All I'm saying is that, like, even I only want one new I Hate God album every 15 years. So I don't understand why. <laughs> the world needs more of that. <laughs> I like that stuff, though. I mean, I, I, I at least like the noisy stuff the, that's a little bit more aggressive than, I don't know. That's, I, I'm into it. Hey, those guys that I listen to a lot more Napalm Death. I mean, you can just do like that for 15 seconds, and I'm good. I got the idea. Done. <laughs> All right, next. Yeah, okay. I can see that, too. You know, yeah. it just turns it into grindcore. What, we wouldn't even, you can keep it the same tone, same <laughs> rhythm, same tempo. I don't care. Just get over it and move on. <laughs> oh, come on. Get with the I, times, I don't understand bro. why you do this to our listeners. That's all yeah, I'm saying. I, I like our listeners. I love our listeners. What are you talking about? That Chuck <laughs> Billy song was pretty fucking rad, right? Oh, uh, never mind. Right, we, won't get, we won't even get into that, dude. What we do need to get into is we need to get into our segment with Yal Levy, One Minute to Midnight. Yeah, speaking of songs that should only be one minute long, <laughs> now we've got two others. A band has one minute or less to make a lasting impression on a label, producer, or fans. One minute, one minute. to be weighed and measured. 60 seconds. One minute to midnight. All right, welcome back to One Minute to Midnight, where we take one minute of music from bands who submitted through MetalSucks.net. Uh, the best minute they got. And uh, we throw it up against uh, the man who knows more about the music than anybody, Al Levy. Al, how are you? Good, but I wouldn't say that I know more about music than anybody. <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I can't accept that. But I, can I say you know I'm, more about music in general than anybody else on earth? Well, I'm happy to be here, and uh, what I will say is that um, I, let me just preempt this and say that. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, but if these bands actually pay attention to what I'm saying and maybe even absorb 30% of it, it could really help them out. So I'm going to be brutal for their sake. A.L. So, Levy, the only legitimate opinion in metal. How about that? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the, the most legitimate opinion on this podcast. No, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> Only legitimate opinion sitting in this seat right now. <laughs> All right, so the first band we got for you is a band called Acadia. seconds worth right there what do you think man okay uh first of all i think these guys are talented i think they sound like they're young i'm 
going to go on a limb here and say late high school or just got out of high school. And it sounds to me like there is some talent in the band, both in writing and recording. That's not to say that I would release this as a final mix because it's not, you know, it's not up to par. But at the same time, I can tell that there's a lot of talent that could be developed in this band. So I would say to them to definitely keep going and, uh, you know, dig deep and work hard for a few more years and you'll be somewhere. Now, I will say that I... I'm going to, well, let me just say, I do think that these guys are young because, you know, I've had music submitted to me now for a really long time. And this is the kind of stuff that I was hearing a year or two ago submitted by every single band. And so what I've noticed is that younger bands, before they really develop their own style, uh, tend to have a very derivative style. So I think that they're still in their derivative period and as long as they keep on developing, stuff will get better. Now, vocals. I think the vocalist sounds like he could be pretty good. It just sounds to me like the parts he was singing weren't the best choice, always. Um, it doesn't seem to me like the heavy voice was playing against the music well enough. It wasn't contrasting the music enough. And the chorus part seems like it was almost a hook. Like everything just sounds like it's almost there. And that's why it's hard to give specific criticisms other than just keep working at it. And if you don't quit or don't get a girl pregnant or don't develop a heroin habit or, you know, whatever, you know, and just keep working hard, like you'll get good. Yeah, it's funny when you hear this music, I think to myself too that either they're going to impregnate women or they're going to develop a heroin uh, addiction or both at the same time because it sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I li I like their use of the keyboards and stuff. The the thing that I was pointing out about that sounding derivative is I've heard those types of sounds coming from really young bands for a while now. So I'm not hearing anything new, but at the same time, I am hearing talent and skill. So there's a few elements going on. They've got good atmospherics. They sound like they've got pretty good riffs. They've got a vocalist who's not offensive. Like These are all very positive things. So it's not just a matter of working harder and getting better and not quitting. What are some of the best ways for them to get better in that respect? Is it just to keep writing and to keep putting stuff out and keep doing it? Is that is that the best way to get better at that? Well, the, obviously, yes, you only get better by doing it more often. But also, that is a good way to stagnate if you don't keep raising the bar. So it, for them, I think it's more of a mental challenge than anything else. Like, I would, if I was them, I would sit down with the music that they love and really, really analyze it. Like, really sit there and listen to every aspect. Like, take 10 songs that you love the vocals on and analyze those vocals. How do they work against the music? What kind of uh, pauses is the vocalist doing? How do they start choruses? How do they start verses? And with every song that you analyze by somebody you love, listen to it against what you're doing and ask yourself, why is yours not quite on that level? What could you do to bring it more on that level? And then try to incorporate that into your future songs. So I really think that at this point for them, it's more of a, 
they've got to grow mentally and have they're going to have to really struggle to raise the bar and that's really the only way to do it also the other thing that they could do is to save up the money and go to a real producer that's going to help them develop their sound and their music unstoppablerecordingmachine.com <laughs> well not no not necessarily me not definitely not not me i just mean you know if you the thing is maybe they won't be able to afford the guys that they really look up to but maybe there's other guys that they can't afford that are really good or maybe they could work something out with somebody i don't know but i would recommend that they get with somebody who can as part of the job description help shape it up and and just help uh you know help get the music better and oftentimes bands going through that experience of having their stuff torn apart and then put back together you know that raises their standards right there you know for the next time they go to record they they can't go lower than what they did before because you know their standards won't allow them to and so, if they won't do that yeah. maybe they should just dabble in heroin <laughs> yeah you know there's always that then at least then they can think that they got better uh, <laughs> all right let's that do works. It. let's get our second one here uh let's see who is this uh aaron james uh, blood and gold <laughs> What do you think? Right band, wrong time. Uh, I think that Aaron James, if uh, that's if he's a solo artist or if this is a band and that's the name of the band, I, I can't tell. But uh sounds to me like there's a lot of skill here, especially on the guitar. That's some very, very tight riffing. And then the solo comes in at the end. It's like, okay, dude can play. That's cool. Good for him. But at the same time, I can't help but think to myself, why would I listen to this when I can just listen to Black Dahlia? And why would anybody listen to it when they can just listen to Black Dahlia? Because it's very, very derivative of Black Dahlia. And I don't know if that's intentional or not. Sometimes people write derivative stuff by accident. Sometimes they do it intentionally, but either way, you should be aware of the fact that it sounds like a Black Dahlia demo that they never recorded. And, you know, take that to heart and try to develop your own sound. Because as long as they're out there and touring and dominating that sound, there really isn't place for much, much else in that world. I mean, like, for instance, At The Gates got back together and did stuff and... Uh, 
and some people care, but not nearly as much as you would expect. If even at the gates isn't uh, competing that well with Black Dahlia, why would you? So I would recommend that you take that skill, and obviously there's work ethic, because the work ethic is the only way to get that good a guitar. Take that work ethic and take that skill and focus it on developing your own sound. And I think that that's that's the next step. Because, I mean, does the world really need another band doing this this kind of stuff? He could focus his attention on, you know accidents to black dahlia murder guitarist <laughs> it's like it's a, it's, yeah. good, it's a good audition reel <laughs> yeah totally well well there is that also where this guy is good enough at guitar to where you know he he could get into a band like he is good enough to be in a pro band um that that is some really good playing so yeah, you've actually got a really good point there because I know how some of these guys get into the bigger bands, and it's through demos like this, where somebody who needs a guitar player uh, will hear it and be like, "Wow, we got to check that guy out." And so I definitely think that this guy is good enough for that, but it takes too long to get to the solo. If you're if you're going to use it for that, then get rid of those vocals and just get straight to the solos, <laughs> or at least replace the vocals with solos. So. Yeah, make it more of a guitar, uh, guitar um, show. That's right. That's the word I was looking for. A guitar showcase. Uh, but as as a band with like songs, it's just way too derivative. Yeah. So that seems so. to be like the challenge with both of these uh, submissions this week is just hard. they haven't found their own voice yet. No, but you know what the that's okay because everybody goes through that stage that's a just a stage in development but the thing is about both these submissions is that you can tell that there's talent there like there's actual skill and actual talent that just needs to be developed so these guys should definitely not be discouraged at all by anything i'm saying what i think that what i heard is perfectly normal um it just they need to you know it's up to them to decide that they're going to take it to the next level because they could coast at this level for a long time and you know and not understand why they're not going anywhere because they've obviously put a lot of work into getting this good but you know to get to that next level is going to take just as much work and some real mental uh, i guess some real mental musical stuff because your uh, your ear needs to expand and your standards need to need to go up hey all you are uh can be found on unstoppable recording machine.com you're always doing workshops of one sort or another uh, so that people can learn how to do this better yeah that's kind of become my thing lately unstoppable recording machine.com kick ass and if you're listening to this while you're drawing up the lineup for a robin williams tribute line uh tribute show do not give spots to acadia or aaron james <laughs> that's right don't <laughs> yeah, look for y'all to be on a new podcast uh, called the Joey Sturgis Forum podcast as well. Uh, they do a, it's it's all about the recording industry and, and and recording. You know, it's what what he does for us. He's giving it to you here as well as on a on a whole other podcast as well. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll be back. 
He's not. He, he's not. He's not a pro now, right? Oh, damn it! Yeah, now that he's seen how to really do it, <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. Uh, one minute to midnight, right there, man. I love that feature. It's good stuff. Awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. So yeah, we got to pick out some more bands. And if you, we posted that. We linked to that on Twitter, right? We could send that out again, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I I got to do some digging. I'll, I'll I'll try to. I haven't been on Twitter all week, so I got to figure out how to do that. I've been on my Facebook page, Godless Speaks, but not my Twitter at Godless Speaks. What is there? Is, is there no Twitter in Ireland? Well, no. I was used to using Twitter on my mobile phone, but oh. I had to turn my mobile phone in. So now I got to get the new mobile phone. You're gonna have like one of those weird, like foreign numbers now, right? Yep, I sure oh, will. Crap. I can't yeah. call. I can't call that man. I can't do. I don't that. even know what the country, country code, code is. is. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, it's, it's all different, man. But it might even be like like it's like not. It's a country code for all cell phones throughout Europe type of country code. You know, it won't even be like the Ireland country code yeah. zero. I don't know. It could be weird. I don't know. We'll see. Plus zero. That's what it is. Dude, what the hell? You're not going to call me anyway. It's freaking, you know, expensive as all get I miss you, though. (laughs) You know, it's all right. I'll I'll Skype you. That way I can see you anyway. Yeah, I got to get a new Skype account. (laughs) (laughs) Godless speaks, people. Don't take it. I'm going to get it. (laughs) And it's gone. It's already taken. Too bad. But it's not on Twitter. You can find him on Twitter. At Godless speaks. Also on what? Facebook and and, and Spotify Spotify and all that stuff. You can find me on Twitter. At Bearded Ape. That's my personal one. As well as uh, the show other show that i do at no control radio you can find me there and uh, maybe listen to 24 7 metal and check that out as well and of course this podcast the metal sucks podcast you need to subscribe to it on itunes you can do that if you just search metal sucks podcast in itunes find it there also find it on stitcher your favorite podcasting app uh and every monday at metal sucks.net that's when we post it make sure you check it out there and uh, you know comment or say something you know you can do that you can leave us a speak pipe that kind of thing it's always a good time. We appreciate. Oh, it. we got next week. We got to get some speak pipes happening. Yeah, no, no. This, this week is this is a this is our test run with the new with the new setup here and uh, our yeah. new recording thing. So we are just kind of like flying by the seat of our pants a little bit this time. And I think next week, yeah, we'll definitely have some speak pipes in because we we got a few. I, I know that I got some on Twitter that people said that they left them. So I got to yeah, I, I fucked up and didn't put them in this time. But we'll <laughs> we'll get we'll get them next week for sure. So. Yeah, that'll be on the next episode of Metal Sucks Podcast. Fire, 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 fire.